All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Um, regret to inform you the Raiders lost to the Colts, 44-27 to today. Uh, like a lot of losses the Raiders have had this year and under John Gruden, it was a one-score game at the half. Raiders were down six at the half, if I have that correct here. Um, this is a killer. Uh, this is a killer loss. It's, it's not great. I was probably one of the happier people after the Jets win, right? That, that win they stole from the Jets, thinking maybe this could add a little something to this team. Maybe, you know, kick them in the ass a little bit, build off of a win, build off of getting lucky. No, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Uh, Phillip Rivers picked the Raiders apart. The Colts ran all over the Raiders. The offense didn't score in the red zone. The defense stopped the Colts offense once. I truly don't know. I'm not saying that as a joke. Like I think they stopped them once. I can remember one time where they stopped the Raiders or they stopped the Colts and it was around the 50 yard line. I want to say late first, early second quarter. It was terrible. It was a terrible game. Right now on Raiders Twitter, everybody's, you know, doing the blame game. I blame Carr. I blame the defense. I blame John Gruden. I, all these people, all this stuff. But um, I'll get to really what I'm truly scared about for the future of this team. But let's dial it back a little bit to uh, a couple days before the game and even a couple hours before the game. The Raiders spent all week trolling fans, right? Like you got wishy-washy, you know what I'm saying? You guys, ah, not real fans. I don't give a shit about your fantasy team. Josh Jacobs said that two hours before kickoff. Now, I don't have a problem the way Josh Jacobs played. Oh, just J- Josh Jacobs played a decent game today. When he was able to run the ball, right? Couldn't really run the ball for most of the second half because the Raiders hemorrhaged and, and running the ball wouldn't have made sense there. But I thought he did a nice job. thought he was good in the passing game. He had one drop, but he uh, thought he was good in the passing game. Oh, Derek Carr was okay today, right? Until the everything crumbled, then Derek crumbled along with the team. And that's what we know about Derek Carr is he's as good as the team around him. When the team's playing okay, I think he's really good. And if late in the game, you think Derek Carr's going to – I think Derek Carr's really good at coming back. If, if it's a close game late, I actually like my chances with Derek Carr. But when the team starts crumbling around him, usually Derek Carr's going to start crumbling. But both those guys spent all week telling you to be real fans and and that – um, you know, like, like Derek Carr made that video earlier this week and I, I didn't mind it at the time, right? Raiders are a, uh, you know, seven and five team at the time. And Derek Carr saying, Hey, before I got here, there were no wins. Remember that? And it's like, well, we've had one season with you in seven. So I didn't quite understand that, that video. Now I've been a Derek Carr defender and I still am. Right. I, I know that this is, this team hasn't been built well enough to win with him sustainably. I don't think he's the problem on the team. What are you doing, man? Like, like, what are you doing? All week I was telling people, people were saying, man, Glenn, what do you think of that? What do you think of those videos that they were making? I said, look, man, these guys are younger. I mean, Derek Carr's not, but a lot of these guys are younger. They, they weren't Raider fans their whole life. They haven't. I said this before the game. Uh, shout out my guy, a flawed King uh, on Twitter, but he says, some rebuilds take a couple years. Some rebuilds take 18 years. And I'm joking. I say, hey, that's oddly specific. You must be talking about the Raiders, right? And he goes, yeah. 
I made the comment and I said, look, we got kids right now that could go to war. Legally eligible to go to war. But they've only seen one winning season from the Raiders. And that's what Derek Carr was talking about. But but I'm sorry, man. You 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 guys weren't weren't the, weren't the ones going through that. So as fans, you can't expect fans, rational-minded fans, to be like, no, no, you guys got this. I believe in you. Some fans do. There's people that are loyalists and people that look at the glass as three-quarters full, not even half full with the Raiders. And God bless you. You must be happier uh, than I am if that's the case. But uh, no, nonetheless, all week, spending all week doing that and then coming out looking like this against the Colts, inexcusable. Where's your head at? I was asked too. Shout out my guy, JP. He, he says, man, what do you think Gruden thinks of all this? These players saying this. Honestly, I think Gruden likes it. I think Gruden likes talking shit, and I think he likes when his players talk shit. Problem is, you got to win. It's great when you're winning. Had the Raiders came out, come out and be, even just beat the Colts, I'd be like, yeah, troll them. Let's go. I don't have a narrative in this scenario. But you come out like this after telling fans how to be real fans. Sorry. What do you think? Our morale is going to improve out of that? No. No, that's just, that's just not the case. But, you know, it, it, the sad part about it, and I'll get into it a lot later um, after I go over the game. Uh, it's the same old Raiders. I hate to say it. It's the same old Raiders. A lot of you guys were right saying that that win was kind of a, a phony win. I agree with you that it was a phony win over the Jets, right? They stole it. But I thought maybe this team's got a little luck on their side this year. Maybe they're going to realize that. I was wrong. Came out flat today on defense. Horrible. Worst defensive effort of the year, in my opinion, today. Horrible. Offensively, it wasn't great, right? They weren't great in the red zone at all today. I mean, there was still enough there for me to see that this could be a good offense and and it is I still think it is a solid offense but wasn't good enough in the red zone you needed to score 40 today and you couldn't it sucks you need to score 40 but I think they could have that's the problem I I think they could have scored 40 they left a lot of points on the field today you know what kills me more than anything was thinking that this was going to be a shootout early wasn't a shootout, right? Because, uh, you know, a shootout requires the other guy not to get shot to death by the third quarter, you know? And that's what happened with the Raiders. I thought this. I thought it was going to be a back-and-forth game. <clears throat> 20, 2016, uh, Drew Brees versus Derek Carr game. That's what I was thinking was going to happen. Uh, it wasn't. But early it looked like it. And the reason I thought, you know... On one side, I thought the Raiders moved the ball really well in the passing game early in the first half. But then I realized that the Raiders couldn't stop the Colts. So I go, you know what? First mistake loses the game. That's the way I was looking at it. And the Raiders made the first mistake of the game. First uh, real mistake of the game, and I'm, I'm talking from a player on the field on offense, it was Derek Carr. It was the red zone interception. Uh, Kenny Moore made probably the interception of the year. It was a fantastic play. And uh, a lot of people, and, and I don't think they're wrong when they say this, is that that ball was kind of underthrown to Waller. He's a 6'6 tight end. Put that ball up to where nobody can get it. I understand that. Kenny Moore also wasn't supposed to be there. 
I saw many people that I follow that are very much like all 22 guys watch a lot of film, Marcus Johnson being one of them, but there are other people saying this is that Kenny Moore made that play on his own. He shouldn't have been in the back of the end zone making that play. That was a great play by Kenny Moore being aware of where the Raiders were going to go, realizing that Darren Waller is the guy on the Raiders. And he should have been in the flat, right? So Derek Carr lays it up thinking, Kenny, no chance Kenny Moore is going to be there. And look, maybe that's, a, that, that's something DC should have known and be like, look, still put it up high. I got a, a, a damn small forward in the NBA as my tight end. Put it up there. So maybe that's still a little bit on car, but you know, that's an exceptional play by Kenny Moore, <clears throat> but the game changed after that. The game was, was, was never the same, you know, even though I thought the offense still moved the ball well enough, the red zone offense died at that point. <clears throat> it was done. Excuse me. It was done at that point. And I, I just thought the personnel decisions were really weird too. Foster Moreau, shout out my guy, all hail Al Davis, Raider Savant here. All year we've been banging the table for Foster Moreau, and I'm thinking the only way Foster Moreau plays is if Darren Waller's injured, and I don't want Darren Waller to be injured because then where does the offense go at that point? Foster Moreau gets a look, gets a target, makes a beautiful catch on a beautiful throw, makes uh, Julian Blackman, who is the best rookie safety in this class, uh, jukes him out of his shoes. I still think Julian Blackman thought that was Jason Witten. I think he was like 82. Oh, that's 87. Oh, no. And he's already on the ground. That man laid there like he was posing for the damn first 48 chalk line thing. He was, he was laying there. Foster Moreau should be playing over Jason Witten. Foster Moreau can block. He can catch the ball and he can run. Jason Witten can block and catch the ball. Cannot run. So I think Witten was like taking a shit or something. Like he was like, ah, man, that Metamucil was hitting too early. I didn't time my Metamucil this right, coach. Ah, Go to the bathroom. I'll throw Foster Moreau in there. Touchdown, Foster Moreau. Crazy. Just crazy. Then you got the Raiders meltdown, right? Just the Raiders meltdown. Third and 15. Third and 15. Still a one-score game. Raiders are looking okay. The shootout, right? Back and forth game, still very possible. Third and 15, defensive holding on Trayvon Mullen. Yeah, it was holding, too. I hate that call. I hate the holding away from the ball call, especially when the quarterback throws it away, but it was holding. How do you do that on third and 15? It's an undisciplined team, and their penalties have gone down this year. They're not being penalized as much, but the timing of them is horrible. It's even worse. Third down penalties are brutal. Sometimes they just give up the third and 15 on a check down to the running back. I was scared of that too. Naeem Hines just going untouched 24 yards on third and 15. I was scared of that too. But the defense melted down today. They melted down. Then in the second half, you see Jonathan Taylor break one off. Look like Adrian Peterson on that run. I want to say that was a third down too. I remember late in the game, too. They were trying to hold Indy to a field goal. Still kind of a game at that point. Naeem Hines, they were able to, like, run on third and 12 after a false start. He almost got in. Maybe that was right before the half, actually. Yeah, it was right before the half. And he almost gets in. 
And I, I think back to what BD Williams said this week on tape. Don't lie. Uh, again, I'll, I'll promote him till, you know, till I'm blue in the face, but uh, as far as film breakdowns go, there's nobody better uh, than tape. Don't lie. And uh, earlier this week, they were saying, I think the Raiders defense can only decide to stop one thing at a time. They're like, look, we're going to stop the run on this play. Oh, no, they're passing. What do I do? So, oh, we're playing to stop the pass here. Got a 72-yard run. Who saw that coming? I, it's like they're, they're only able to just be like, we're stopping the run. Like they'll slap the run sticker on their helmet. Like this is what we're doing. This defense makes it very easy for these teams to conduct an offense against you. And that Jonathan Taylor run, that was a backbreaker. I think it was 20 to 17 at that point. Raiders had a failed red zone drive. I'll get to that in a little bit about the red zone stuff. But the Raiders had had a, you know, got three points when they really should have gotten seven. And then Jonathan Taylor broke the game open. It was After that, it was never a game. But this is the worst defense in football. Some people say the Cowboys. I see some Raider fans. Oh, Cowboys, their defense stinks. I, okay, maybe maybe we could put both of them under a microscope and find a way to make the Raiders look better. Maybe. I don't think so. Look at all three levels. I, I don't mind the linebackers. I like Nick Wachowski. I like uh, Corey Littleton. A little, I, Littleton's playing a little bit better these last couple of uh, weeks. And I like Nicholas Morrow. Nicholas Morris actually played really well and I hope his injury is nothing crazy or nothing that lingers because he, he really has played well uh, over these last few weeks. But the defensive line stinks. Vic Beasley's not the answer. People keep saying Vic Beasley this, this, and that. Locked up. Made a play on a screen earlier in the game. Everyone's like, that's the most I've ever seen a Raider defender do. And yet, he's no. Sorry. He's not here to save the Raiders. It's not fair to say that he is. And he's not going to. But the defensive line is sorry. It's terrible. I like Mohurst, but Mohurst, he's not Geno Atkins. He's not that type of guy. Mohurst is a really good pass rusher, and I could see him on a team where he could be the missing interior rusher that they need on third down. I could see Mohurst being good on those type of teams. Really good, in fact. Team like Seattle, teams like you know Baltimore, teams like that, teams that that have some guys already on defense. But every decent player on the Raiders defense, we ask them to like be a top five defensive player in the league, and then it doesn't end up working. The fans think they suck. They go to another team. They end up being really good. Uh, look at Denico Autry. Denico Autry was getting pressure all game today. This defense sucks, man. Like it's really, really bad. Um, I don't know if it's Paul Gunther. I think I, I, I mean, fire him, please, because there's. Let's try something else. I'm not defending Paul Gunther. Let's try something else. I, I'm a bit scared of the some of the draft picks that they put on that defense. Uh, real scared of some of the free agents they've signed and what they're asking those free agents to do, like Lamarcus Joyner. I thought Lamarcus Joyner was going to get some safety looks today. I know Jonathan Abram ended up playing, but. I was thinking, man, shuffle some shit up. See what works. Nah. This is a really bad defense. And the one that really sticks out to me. Going into the season, I thought, man, Cleveland Furl. We're going to find out how bad of a pick that was. And Cleveland Furl got er, uh, injured early in this game. 
where he missed a tackle, really bad missed tackle on a on a play that he got into the backfield on, couldn't make the tackle, ended up being like a 14, 15 yard gain. But he got hurt. Then you saw Vic Beasley all game, uh, and it wasn't good. But the one that gets me, 27th overall pick last year, Jonathan Abram. Uh, again, it's his rookie year, but there's things on there that I don't think you correct over time. In coverage, T.Y. Hilton. Long touchdown T.Y. Hilton had today, 41 yards. Jonathan Abrams like staring in the backfield the entire time. He's not, the awareness is not there. I don't know if he's going to have that. I don't know if you develop that. It's still early. And with DBs, I like to give DBs some time. But damn, you, you do see guys contribute a little bit better and you see a little bit more signs out of guys earlier than you're seeing out of Abram. He's one of the worst safeties in the league right now. If you're looking at how he's playing this year, I'm not projecting how he's going to be over career, but right now he's one of the worst safeties in the league. So just, just think about that. And and it's, I, I knew Abram wasn't going to be able to cover, right? I still think maybe he can end up being a guy that roams around the field, helps when the ball's in the air. Uh, he's very fast. So when he sees the ball in the air, I think he can go be a very good help defender. I, I still think that's there. But when you're asking him to cover somebody, forget it. And he's drafted in the first round. First round pick on this guy. In an era where being a hard-hitting safety means nothing. You, you can't really hit that hard anymore. Not the way you used to, at least. So if Abram is not very good at covering, gets fined almost $100,000 in single games from hits. And even in the run game, kind of just guesses the entire time. If you watch some of the runs that got bounced outside, Jonathan Abrams nowhere where there. Don't worry. He's there 40 yards down the field to make a big hit. He's there. So I'm glad we have that guy who can, after 40-yard gain, can put a big hit on a running back and helicopter them out of bounds. Thank God we drafted that guy in the first round. It, it's not good. <laughs> it's it's not good. And and for Abram to like be worth it as a box safety – I got to see forced fumbles. Okay. He's got two picks on the air. I'll give him that. But I got to see forced fumbles. I got to see plays being made, right? So if you're going to be dumb, right? I compared him to Draymond Green. If you're going to be dumb on uh, sometimes and just really act on your own selfishly uh, and, and mess up the part, he had a really terrible late hit, unnecessary roughness on Zach Pascal early in the game. Just horrible. If you're going to be dumb like that, you got to make a play every once in a while. And I know Abram's young. I understand this is his first full season in the NFL. But it's got to change fast. Because right now, his position that you drafted in the first round, it's a need. And that's not good when, you're, when you still haven't filled a need after drafting somebody in the first round. So what does this all mean for the Raiders, right? Like, what does this all mean? Because I don't want to dwell too much on this single game because this single game ended up being kind of the summation of what the Raiders are. A team that starts hot early, 6-4, and four, but they're on Groundhog Day, right? It's the same thing. This offense is better than it was last year, but it's the same thing, right? Red zone, they can't score late in the year because defenses have figured out the same five plays that John Gruden calls on offense. Back-to-back -back years, 
You have different wide receivers, different backup running back. There's things that changed. But defenses, there's nobody open on some of these red zone plays. If you notice that, where the car's running out of bounds, tries to make a play at the end of it, doesn't work. Some people get mad at what Carr did there. Why, why aren't you mad that nobody's open in the red zone after moving the ball effortlessly down the field? Think about that. Who is that on? I'd say the play caller that's making 10 mil a year for the next 10 years. Um, well, next seven years, but still, you, you see what I mean? It's Groundhog Day, man. Literally, the ground, like, it's just almost the same thing. 10 and, you know, six and four after a while, and then you fall off a cliff. Now, the Raiders still have a winning team right now. Maybe they might even have a winning season. I could see them finishing 9-7. and seven. But this was a huge game as far as getting into the playoffs. And that's what I – I mean, I, look, I called them going 8-8 eight and eight this year. But after that hot start, there's no reason they shouldn't have made the playoffs. But the, you know, the stuff I see on Raiders Twitter is kind of weird because it's, it's – do I want to replace Carr or is it the defense? And what I find weird is, like, the obvious answer is the defense. This is the worst defense in the NFL. Derek Carr's playing pretty good football this year. Solid football. The defense is horrible. And if you are having trouble grasping that, show me how many defenses, in my opinion, like, I think there are teams that have good defenses where you could put Derek Carr, just switch out the quarterbacks. You could put Derek Carr on a team that has a good defense and a solid offense, and I'm pretty sure it's a playoff team more often than it's not. Now, if you were to take all 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL and put them with the Raiders' defense, I'm not sure most of them get to the playoffs. Take the Saints. The Saints have a guy who can't throw the football playing quarterback right now. But you know what? They've drafted well. They're well coached. They have a good defensive coordinator. You guys might have heard of him. His name is Dennis Allen. He used to coach the Raiders. They're well coached. It's a good system. They don't need elite quarterback play. They don't need the offense to put up 40. And even if their quarterback's not able to play, they have some pretty good wide receivers, good running back, decent offensive line, right? Which I think the Raiders have some of that too. But other than like Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers, a couple other players, maybe, maybe like five to seven quarterbacks. There's not a lot of guys, I think, that could take the Raiders to the playoffs with this roster and do a better job than Derek Carr's done this year. And call me a homer for that because I'm not, definitely. Listen to my old episodes. There's people still trying to expose me for a take I had about critiquing Carr in the offseason. It's the defense. You have to have a defense. You cannot win sustainably with a defense like this. It doesn't matter. So if you want to just keep throwing draft picks and huge salary cap numbers at these quarterbacks, hoping that the quarterback can do enough to make up for this defense, that's horrible team building. I've seen people that go, look, I know Carr's not that bad, but I know the defense is bad, and there's no chance to fix that. And I need Derek Carr to score every single drive or else he's trash. There's people that that really think like that. But why not just have an average defense? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about a great defense, an average defense. Every once in a while, they can make plays. They don't have to do anything great, but aren't terrible in any way. 
that's perfectly doable, especially with the amount of draft picks the Raiders have had in the last couple of years and the salary cap room. It's perfectly doable if you have the right people in place to build that team. And I don't know if they do. So John Gruden can fire Paul Gunther. And it's not going to happen today. Hasn't happened yet. Seven o'clock right now on the West Coast, 10 o'clock East Coast. I don't think they're firing Paul Gunther right now. I don't think they're doing it till the end of the year. And even then, I still don't know. John Gruden and Paul Gunther, good friends. The way he's going to have to fire Paul Gunther, I don't know if you guys watched the show Ozark, but Jason Bateman's wife, right, her brother in the second season comes in. Her brother becomes kind of a liability as far as the cartel they're working for. And she got to like set her brother up like they're doing something fun and stuff like that. They're gonna, it's going to have to be like that level because John Gruden's hiring all his friends. And even if you like John Gruden, even if you're scared right now to say John Gruden's the problem, just know he ain't the solution right now. He's got his fingerprints everywhere in this organization. And if this organization goes three straight years without the playoffs, how is it not on him? In the red zone, right? It's the same five plays all the time. Double jerks, all that kind of stuff. The defense is never fooled in the red zone. Maybe the first couple drives of the game, but never when you need the big plays in the second half. His offense is good. I like his offense. He moves the ball down the field, right? And I think Derek Carr does a good job operating it. But it comes to a screeching halt in the red zone every time. And people want to blame Carr for that. I don't think that's, I don't think that's it. I don't mind him as a head coach, but he's got his fingerprints everywhere in this organization. Other than Bill Belichick, which I'm sorry, who's going to debate whether Bill Belichick deserves to have his hand in everything in the organization with all the winning they've had. And Bill O'Brien, who got fired. The Texans realized they made a mistake, a horrible mistake, and they found out way too late. But they realized Bill O'Brien shouldn't be the GM and the head coach. But John Gruden, I know John Gruden isn't the GM, but he has, I, I guarantee you he has as much, if not more, say, in personnel matters and team matters than any head coach in the league and doesn't have the record that warrants it. It's not just him. It's not just him. I don't think Mike, Mike Mayock's been drafting as well as people say he has. I know there's fans that bought jerseys of him. I know there's, like, uh, yes, Mike Mayock jerseys. And I know there's, I know there's people that think Mike Mayock has done a great job. And, look, last year's draft, I still think it was a good draft. But that first round, you could have done way better in that first round. Cool and Furl. I think eventually he's going to end up being a pretty solid player. Not a game changer. Fourth overall pick, can't do it. Josh Jacobs, very good running back. But it's tough to really justify a first-round running back these days, especially if they're not elite in the passing game or you don't use them in that way. And then Jonathan Abram. That guy's going to be a bust, man. I hate to say it. I think he's going to be a bust. Because I just don't see it. He doesn't make enough plays to make those kind of mistakes. Then you got this year, you have Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden was playing for Miami today. And Lynn Bowden, they tried to run trick plays with him. They didn't work. But he, they were able to still get him the ball and let him run. So it must have been real bad what he did for the Raiders to get rid of him. Like, really bad. I'm not saying it wasn't. It's Las Vegas, remember? Something could have happened. But 
you know, Tanner Muse. There's a lot of like punted draft picks, right? And look, I'm not saying Gruden had a, a, a it should be Gruden's decision either because we saw how that was in 2018. But Mike Mayock, we got to hold these guys to higher standards. I feel like everybody's like, look, Derek Carr, that's the problem. Cut him out, put this guy in. We're good. It's not the case. Mayock has to draft better. Gruden has to coach better. Gruden has to do a better job making personnel decisions. And hold the people who have the most power within the organization to high standards, right? Mark Davis wanted his stadium in Vegas. He got his stadium in Vegas. Uh, the biggest mistake I, I thought he did was bid against himself against John Gruden by giving him a 10-year deal. Gruden has all the leverage. Gruden runs the organization. You cannot tell me otherwise. I think Mayock still makes a lot of the picks, but I think Gruden runs the organization. And I think he can override Mayock whenever he wants. You ever work at a grocery store where the store manager has the override card? You got to call him or her to make that decision when you want to decide that that wasn't grapes, that was actually raisins. <laughs> so I, I think Mayock needs to be held to a higher standard and Gruden needs to be held to a higher standard. Get rid of Gunther. See what happens. I, trust me. Bring somebody in. Problem is, I don't think they're going to hire a nice young mind. Look at the, what the Rams did. They got rid of an old-ass Wade Phillips antiquated defense, brought in a young guy from, the, from Denver, I want to say, Fangio coaching tree, uh, brought him in. Defense flipped a switch overnight. Now, they have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. The Raiders don't have that kind of blue-chip talent. So maybe the improvement wouldn't be as crazy, but do it. But I'm just saying. I'm willing to talk about John Gruden now, and I think a lot of fans aren't. And I think a few years from now, if nothing changes, I think everybody's going to be like, yeah, Gruden's got to go. I'm just telling you right now, I, I, I'm not sure I see this team winning sustainably under John Gruden. I thought this year they could, could have a few lucky bounces and get into the playoffs because that's what I needed to see in year three of John Gruden. Look at all the picks that he got, right? I don't even... I don't even hate trading Khalil Mack. I, I do because of what they got for him and how it's been going since he left. But they got a couple first-round picks for him. Could have been at least... You could have spread his production out throughout the defense. Trading Amari Cooper, right? I didn't, mind, I didn't want to pay Amari Cooper $20 million a year. I didn't think he was worth that. But he's definitely better than Jonathan Abram and does a lot more for his team than Jonathan Abram. So what are you doing with all this draft capital? I'm scared because John Gruden has no incentive to change. He can do things his way and lose his way with no repercussions. Repercussions, sorry, excuse me. A couple beers in. But uh, nonetheless, man, I, I, this is going to be a sad, this is a sad episode for a lot of people. It's, uh, I, I'm sure some people thought I was too positive last week, and I can't disagree with them. I probably was. Uh, some people say I'm probably too negative this week and I won't disagree with them, but uh, I don't know, man. I got to see something from Gruden and Mayock before I start saying car is the problem and stuff like that. It's a short week coming up against the Chargers. You got the Chargers on Thursday. Raiders aren't out of it yet. I just think they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not out of it mathematically. I just have no reason to believe it's going to change. They could beat the Chargers next week. It's a very beatable team. They've already beat them once. Um, and, and I think the Chargers are hurting just as much as the Raiders are. And I don't think they're a very good team. 
but it's going to be a Thursday night game, short week. Raiders are going to be banged up as they always have been because Raiders get hurt a lot. And that's another thing about the strength and conditioning of this team. It always seems like they're a lot more tired before the other team. And whenever there's any kind of hard contact, it always seems like the guy on the Raiders gets hurt, not the other guy, you know? And, you know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, today I got into an argument with some fans and uh, on the Twitter, and I'm a fan too, so whatever. But I saw a take that I thought was stupid, right? And I won't say the guy's name that said it. But the guy said, hey, all you people just hoping all these other teams lose so the Raiders could get into the playoffs? I want the Raiders to win out because I'm a real fan type thing. Whatever. Cool. I want other teams to lose, right? Because one, I don't think the Raiders can win out. And they didn't. They lost today. It was terrible. And a lot of this stems from the fact that Kansas City was playing Miami today. Let me tell you this right now. If you were rooting against Kansas City today, I won't even say what I think you are because that's not good for me to say. Kansas City is going to win the division. Miami is directly in front of the Raiders. And I understand the Raiders played Miami, but I'd rather have multiple avenues into the playoffs. Root for the best thing for the Raiders to get into the playoffs. Stop being weird about the division. You can't even go for Kansas City. They're playing the team that's stopping you from getting to the playoffs. You're not going to beat Kansas City for the division. Be realistic about it. So that was weird. But never forget, this was supposed to be a playoff team. I predicted 8-8 eight and eight because I still thought defensively they didn't do enough. And offensively, I, I, I thought they'd be a little worse than they are this year. I, I, I didn't see this kind of improvement from the offense, but the offense has been pretty good. But this was supposed to be a playoff team. Expect that from your team. Expect that. I know the Raiders haven't made the playoffs a lot, really at all, much, you know, other than 2016. Like I said, there are 18-year-old people in this world that have seen one season from the Raiders. Expect more from your team. It's okay, especially when your head coach comes out of the booth, takes a 10-year, $100 million deal, have some, have some expectations. Hold them to a high standard, okay? That Chucky bullshit ain't funny when you're losing. All that Chuck, oh, Grudenisms, all that stuff. Win. Okay? The Raiders need to be held to a higher standard, and it's time to expect winning from your team. So, uh, hey, Thursday night. Thursday night, there's going to be a, a game against the Raiders. So I'll probably I'll probably have a podcast out Friday about that, maybe Friday later. Um, depends on what happens. And, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Don't know what my work schedule is going to be. But I'll uh, try to get that podcast up um, by Friday um, either way. And I hope the Raiders can beat the Chargers because if the Raiders don't beat the Chargers, the season's definitely over. But even right now, it doesn't. It just feels like such an uphill battle that I don't think this team is is. I don't think this team is built the way it should be to fight these battles, or they're coached the way it should be. Because I see them really trying to tell fans that they're wrong about certain things, rather than going against the opponent. Because that's what they get paid to do. We get we get you know we don't get paid. We pay to be fans. We spend money on the team. We're able to say shit, dumb shit. And the fans have been saying some dumb shit to these players. I'm not saying it's unwarranted. But you know what? You get paid to play football. The reason you get paid to play football is because fans like us are so stupid. You know what I mean? And we, we, dedicate, all this, <laughs> we dedicate all this stuff, 
all this time and all this money and resources that does make the team generate a lot of money. If nobody cared about that team, these players wouldn't be making any money. That is what it is. Rebuild shouldn't take this long and it's time for you to hold the Raiders to a higher standard Raider nation. Uh, that's it for me this week. I'm at Glenn Rockney on Twitter. Um, feel free to message me, you know, if you disagree with anything I said, and I said a lot of contentious stuff and some stuff people aren't going to want to hear and might lose a few listeners from it, but, uh, feel free to, you know, dispute it and stuff. I'm always down to talk. And, uh, I have another podcast called rare candy podcast. We have an episode, uh, that will be up, uh, tomorrow, um, on Monday. And, uh, that's at rare candy pod one. Again, I'm at Glenn Rockney and uh this is rock vegas podcast uh please subscribe retweet it uh review it just anything i'm trying to get it out to more people um if you got raider fans at your work or raider fans that you know send them a link you know what i mean if they if you think they'd like it uh definitely a little bit goes a long way and uh leave a review it helps people find this uh podcast on itunes so uh that's it for me raider nation uh tough day today and uh you know everybody be safe this week uh short week this week uh, if the Raiders get a nice win against the Chargers, then maybe we'll feel a little better about that. All right, guys.